Hello and welcome to Spiraling Upwards, where we are in pursuit of real holiness of life as a daily response to grace in the companionship of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the love of God the Father. I am Father Robert Healy, and I am delighted to welcome you to Episode 5. Today we will be talking about Emmanuel, God with us. And uh, I'd like to begin today's uh, podcast simply by wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, as you know, a couple days ago was Christmas. If you don't know that, you need to climb out from under your rock and realize there is a king in this world whose reign is supreme, who is forever, and uh, even the date today, this year, right? 2023 what's? We're just about to hit 2024 what's? Years of what? Of the glorious reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, dating this from, uh, from the birth of our Lord in Bethlehem, in which uh, we are told by the angels that the son of David uh, has been born, the king of the Jews. And I'd like to read to you just at the start of this podcast today uh, a little passage from chapter 1 and chapter 2 of St. Matthew's Gospel. If we look at, uh, at chapter 1, verse 22, and what's happened up to this point in the Gospel is that Joseph has discovered that Mary is pregnant and is not his child. And so he's concerned about what to do, and the angel appears to him in the midst of his puzzling and is trying to figure out what is the just thing to do. Um, and the angel appears to him and tells him, the child that Mary is pregnant with is the child of God, and therefore he is to be uh, treasured as, as, as very much um, the promised Savior. In fact, he tells Joseph something very important. He tells him, uh, it is by the power of the Holy Ghost that she, Mary, has conceived this child, and she will bear a son whom thou shalt call Jesus. And the name Jesus means Savior. And so the angel says not only whom thou shalt call Jesus, but then he gives the reason for the name, for he is to save his people from their sins. Ah, he's a Savior. So he's going to save his people from their sins, so that's why he's to have the name Savior, Salvatore. All this, says Matthew, all this is so was so ordained to fulfill the word which the Lord spoke by his prophet. And we know that prophet is Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's Isaiah 7, 14. Uh, when Isaiah speaks of this coming of Emmanuel, of God with us. And so, uh, as we are in the middle of this Christmas octave, rejoicing in the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and God made man, I think it's very fitting for us to spend this time today talking about what we do when we are with God and with God is with us, when God is with us. I think it... Maybe it goes without saying, but I, I actually think that most people haven't thought about this. The fact that when God is with us, it also means we are with God. You know, if I'm with somebody, that other person is with me. It's a mutual thing. And that means that if God has come to be with us, it's not just because he wants to be with us, it's also because he wants us to be with him. Now, does that, does that go without saying? I think that that is... a uh, 
a very important thing to say, to actually think about. Because I think sometimes we treat God like he's here to be with us, uh, and we're going to go about our own life. We're going to do our own thing, and we really need him to help us out, cooperate with us, kind of give us what we need to get us on the road. But the idea that we are actually called to be with him can slip away. Uh, Oh, Lord, I don't have time to pray. What are you talking about, don't have time to pray? (laughs) The very time you have is given to you by the one who desires you to pray, right? (laughs) So, well, what do we mean when we say, I don't have time to pray? Or when I come to pray, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Well, that's what we want to talk about. What do we do when we are with God? If I was there in the manger, well, not in the manger, beside the manger. The manger is the feed trough, right? So if I was right there in the shepherd's cave next to this to this manger where there's a baby in it, or maybe Mary has picked him up and she's cradling this baby in her arms, what do I do? If If my thought... When I come to prayer is, uh, I've got to do something. I've got to occupy myself. I'd probably be a little bored in the, uh, in the manger, uh, in the uh, nativity crash. You know, if I was come to the, to the birth of Christ with, with the shepherds and I've arrived at the stable, what do I do? Anybody want to play dominoes? No, in fact, our time is itself precious because we are with the one who is himself good. All of us are good in in one way or another insofar as we are like to Christ, but he himself is goodness itself. And so what do you do when you are with someone who is really good? Maybe you have a a very, very uh, deep friendship with someone and you know, don't get to spend time with that person all the time. So when you get the time, uh, you treasure it, right? What do you do? What are we going to do? It's only with people that we are only kind of mm, haphazardly associated with or that we're acquaintances with or we call each other friends, but we're not really deep uh, friends. It's only with such people that you focus entirely and specifically on what you're going to do. Hey, you want to go bowling? Sure, let's go bowling. And then you think nothing about anything but bowling. Hey, you want to play football? Uh, sure, let's play football. And then you don't spend any time doing anything. You know, It's not really together. Um, if you are playing football with a very close friend, the football is an excuse. If you are going bowling with a friend, the bowling is an excuse, and it would be just as fine to go get ice cream. You know, it's not just about doing something but it's about doing something with the other person. I think also we have a connotation in the term with uh, in the English language that is uh, also in the very interior. Suppose someone says, who's with me? And we go, I'm with you. What does that mean? Uh, when someone's saying, who's with me? We are, we are, we are. Right? What are they saying? Who is backing me up? Who's on my team? Who's going to run through the gauntlet with me, right? There's a sense of being, when we're with somebody, that we're not just needing to be with them physically, but it's also possible, and most especially important, to be with them interiorly, heart and soul and mind. And so when I come to be with God, because that's what we do when we come to pray, we're coming to be with the God who has come to be with us. 
This is, in fact, why we need to pray. Like I said, if God has come to be with us, it is so that we can be with him. So, I've come to pray. I'm here. Now what? Well, the first thing I need to recognize is that he is here too. And this is not only when I'm in the chapel, kneeling beside or in front of the tabernacle, present in the very presence of God, made man, the precious body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in the Holy Eucharist. Um, this is also, this can also apply whenever, if I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting at a stoplight waiting on the green light, I'm frustrated and I realize I need to pray uh, just to keep my cool. And so I think the first thing we can sometimes do is say, where are you, God? Where are you? Let's ask first, where am I? I'm right here sitting in this car with my hands on the steering wheel waiting on the light to turn green. I'm sitting here in my chair at my desk with my microphone and my computer and I'm in my Bible and everything that I need to do this podcast. I'm sitting here uh, wherever you happen to be right now. And and I think the first the reason I encourage you to make the first question you say, where am I? is because this puts us very clearly where we are. I'm in this chair. I'm right here physically. Where is God? God is right here with me. In time and space, he's present to me. He's not just up in heaven somewhere. Uh, he is in heaven, but he's not just distant. He's not just way up above looking out of the clouds at me. God is present to me, especially when I come to pray. You know, come to speak to your Father who sees all things in secret. And the Father who sees all things in secret will repay you. This is time when God has come to be with us that we are to come and be with him. And it's more important to be with him than to do something with him. I think that's the first thing we want to say. Where I am, here. Where is he? Here with me. I want to be with you, O Lord. And so I've come to pray. I want to make an immediate preparation before I even begin to pray, just to ask myself and recall myself uh, into the presence of the Lord. Say, okay, here I am. I'm in your presence, O Lord. And I want to spend this time that I'm in prayer thinking of you and being attentive to you um, because I'm so happy that you have come to be here with me. And maybe I'm kneeling in front of the manger scene and I'm looking at the infant and his mother and at St. Joseph and the shepherds who are gathered there. And I can just place myself here. I'm here at your manger, O Lord. Uh, I'm beside your, your first bed, which is a mere hay box, you know, box for, for sheep or cows to eat out of. And um, there's so much, there, there are practically endless uh, n- numbers of things we could talk about, of things to do when you're in prayer, how to, what do I do when I'm in prayer? What we would simply want to focus on today, again, is when we come to prayer, to be with the Lord. The objective of prayer is not to read a book or to pray, uh, you know, a, a number of, of prayers. The prayer is intended to draw me to the Lord, to closeness with Him, to a deeper charity, to know Him a little better and to love Him a little more. Which, again, this is what we've been talking about the whole time. This is the very basis of the upward spiral that we've talked about, to get to know the Lord a little more so we can love Him better, so that we can know Him more deeply, so we can love Him better. 
And uh, and so the things that we read and the and the prayers that we pray are all intended to draw us into that depth of love, into a, a closer knowledge and a closer love uh, with God. And so what we do in some sense is an excuse, just like I'm spending some time with a friend and we're going out playing uh, you know, laser tag, or we're going to go bowling, or we're going hunting, or something wonderful. Uh, we're just sitting in a chair, uh, you know, in chairs in the, in the living room, you know, talking, you know, having a cup of hot chocolate or whatever it may be. Uh, that that's all an excuse to spend time, um, to spend time with one another. Now, the vocal prayers. It's not to, this is not to say that reading is bad. We're going to talk in a future episode a lot more about what to read. Uh, and how to uh, how to consider one book versus another, categorizing different books and seeing what what are good books to read in prayer, and what are good uh, books to read somewhere else. You know, I need to read this, and this needs to be giving me input. I need these thoughts. I need this encouragement, or whatever it may be. But it's not drawing me into prayer, so I need to do that somewhere else. Or what what are books? So we'll get we'll get into that in a future episode. What I want to do right now is simply to focus on the purpose of reading. The purpose is to draw me into prayer. So if I, if I bring a book, I want to read it and read things out of it that I can take to prayer, that I can discuss with the Lord. If I'm praying uh, the Rosary, or if I'm praying the Our Father, the Hail Mary, you know, the Acts of Faith, Hope, and Charity, all the beautiful vocal prayers that the Church has, we call it vocal prayer if it's a prayer that has been written uh, that has been composed by someone for the sake of praying it. And we have tons of them. The first, you might think of the, the, the Lord's Prayer, which we have from his very lips. When you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and so on, as you continue through the prayer. What, what we need to do is we need to pray this prayer, because our Lord said to say it. When you come to prayer, say this. But also, he's not just wanting us to say those words. He is because it forms the heart. And so the intention of the vocal prayer, uh, if I'm praying the Hail Mary, which is the combination of the words of the angel and the words of, of Elizabeth from the first and second chapter of St. Luke, and, uh, and then the prayer of the church asking Mary to pray for us, any of these uh, prayers that we receive, the act of faith, the act of hope, the act of love or charity, the act of contrition, Lord, oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for all my sins because they offend thee. I detest them because they offend me, oh my God, who art all good, right? The, all of the prayers, acts of entrustment and, and gratitude, all of the things that we could pray that have been written down in these beautiful prayer books are all intended to help us to interiorize them. So I'm praying the Our Father, and the idea isn't just to say it over and over and over and over again, like I was reading through a a random uh, grocery list over and over and over again. Um, Cheese, pickles, lettuce, onions, and tomatoes. Cheese, pickles, lettuce, onions, and tomatoes. Of course, that is not what we do. And that's not what anybody thinks uh, they're doing when they pray the rosary or any other prayers. Um, We can become rote uh, about things that we do repetitively, but the intention uh, is never just to do them repetitively. 
the point of praying prayers like the rosary, and again, in a future episode, we'll talk about the rosary some more because it's a profoundly good prayer. And the meaning of it and the why, why would he even pray it, deserves a whole episode of its own. But the idea I would like to share with you on this point today is simply that vocal prayer is intended to form our hearts so that our mental prayer will be really good. By praying the Lord's Prayer, by praying the angelic salutation and the doxology and the Fatima prayer and all these beautiful prayers that we've been given, the intention is that they might form my heart so that I might engage my mind and my heart both in communication with God. We've talked about how the definition of prayer is uh, to make a voluntary communication with God, both on the level of the mind and in the heart, within our intellect and our will, the things that I know and the things that I choose and desire and resolve. Uh, Next week, we will be talking about resolving and, and resolutions, which will be fitting again. I mean, this is so providential the timing of everything. Next week is New Year's, so we're going to talk about resolutions. How awesome is that? But right now, when you come to pray, pray, I want to encourage you to make a good preparation immediately before you pray, to say, Lord, I'm here with you. You have come to be here with me. Let me embrace that reality. You are God made man. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And you desire to be with me so that I can be with you. Help me use this time profitably, O Lord. Help me use this time uh, that I have in your presence. Help me to use it to love you a little more, to know you a little better, and to give myself more ardently to you in the daily workings and uh, doings of my life, so that in everything you may be glorified. Amen. 